probably hard to see it online sometimes because of the brightness, so you might not be able to see it, but do you see anything above my lip right now? I'm not sure if you can see it or not. There's not much on my head at all, but it all kind of resides right about here. Not so much here or here, but right here. And if anyone was wondering, uh, like, why? I mean, it's a simple answer, really. I was authorized by my wife. Um, So... (laughs) as most things are that simple. But uh, no, like November, it's been a long time since I've done it, but 10 years uh, on November 1st was the last time that I was completely clean shaven, and it was before the first date that Kelsey and I had, and so we were kind of celebrating that. And the reason that I did it back then was for a fundraiser, and I'm not going to get into that now, although you can talk to me about it afterwards, and I can tell you where to put your money. So, But that's another story. But she was like, yeah, you should do it. I was like, oh, it's going to be so cold and uncomfortable, and I'm going to look stupid and all those things. And so I did it anyway. I, I did a clean shave, and, uh, and I'm allowing just this to grow until the end of the month. And my father-in-law said he wants to see like the... the I said it might be January before I can get to Pierre status, but, but that's okay. But last week, we got to go away on, uh, on a short vacation for our anniversary, eight years on the 8th. And so I'm trying to get her to sign up for another eight at least and see if, uh, if that'll work out. But that's one of the reasons I asked Pastor Tim Guptel to come back. And, and unlike Pastor John Simons, who said, you know, I waited by the phone for a year and a half. Well, Pastor Tim only had to wait for about six months, but wasn't it awesome? I hope if you weren't here in the room, you got to see it online afterwards and you can still do that. And it was great because I was able to kind of keep them in touch with what we've been up to. Anytime something would change or, or in the lobby as we were putting up different posters, I would snap a picture and, and send it to him uh, in the same way that at the landing when we were sitting there and I, I, I sent him that picture and he said, of all the years I worked on the north side and once I leave, they decide to put in this cafe but he's, he's got to enjoy it too, and he did a little sermon prep there, so I thought that was, that was good for him. Well, we're wrapping up this series, and it's really this one overarching series, isn't it? We started, and on the 11th of September, I was sharing kind of where we would be going this fall. And so we started with, I love my church. And then we moved to, I love my Yes, you guys are with me. This is awesome. And uh, I'll I'll just share right now that these are going to be available. So even though next week is the first week of Advent, oof, are we ready for that? I'm not sure. We wanted to make this series sticky. And so, no, you see what I did there, right? Anyway, so we have these two different, forgive me, uh, we have these ready on the way out if you would like to put them on your Bible or, or on something. We have a bunch of them just to remember that we do, we love our church and we love our city. We're not going to stop just because the series is over. So uh, I've got a couple of them here and there's going to be a bunch on a table out on your way uh, home today. And so don't, don't forget. And the other thing is that remember, and I know some of you, even the kids started uh, putting it on the map out there. Have you seen this? And, and feel free to message us or call us if you're online to let us know where you've been praying. Wherever you are, if it's outside the city limits, you know, if you're praying in Douglas, 
that would be awesome. Let us know, and we're going to punch that in. One great example, so Kelsey works sort of downtown, and so she figured out on her lunch, she found kind of a path that she could, in, her, in, the, in the time that she's allotted, she could make it down this certain path and be able to pray downtown and then still get back to work on time. And so maybe for some of you that, that are, are going to be out or maybe you have an appointment, whether it's at the hospital or somewhere else, maybe while you're doing that, you're like, I'm going to be in this waiting room for a few minutes. Why don't I pray here? Because Crosspoint, we're going to pray for every person on every street, in every school, at every business, until every one, we were talking about 8 billion worldwide, well, that's one and one and one, and it would take us more than all day to count everyone. But the point is that we want to cover our city and beyond in prayer. For those of you that live outside the city limits, like we said, people are already, um, I don't know if even people know how to spell Russia Gornish, but like they, they did it, they wrote it, and they punched it on the map. And so uh, let's continue to fill that with pins. We're going to take the pins that represent the cross point logo until there's just dots in the poster. And so let's continue to do that so that we pray for everyone. So even beyond this series, we're not going to stop praying for our city. Father, we thank you for this time, and it was so meaningful to just take part in the Lord's Supper. Thank you for it and all that that represents. And now we commit the next few moments to you um, in, in worship, in adoration, and as we uh, talk about prayer and, and continue in that, uh, would you uh, change our hearts, change our minds? Would you Uh, Open us up to what it is you have for us today. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. James R. Edwards said that prayers are the most sacred element of liturgy, and I I believe it to be true. And, and, And maybe there's someone here that hasn't actually learned this before, but some of you might remember this in like the King James Version. Well, I, I'd, like to, I'd like for us to read the Lord's Prayer. It's found in a couple places, and, and where I'm going to be reading from initially is out of the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew 6, starting in verse 9, and it reads this way, Our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield from temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. I can remember, although my grandfather rarely would go to church physically, uh, he was the one to teach me the Lord's Prayer. And so I used to pray for every cat and dog and person in my little, little neighborhood in Devon. And, uh, and as I learned new names, I would add them to the list and, and think about aunts and uncles and, and people that I've met in other places too. Uh, but he taught me the Lord's Prayer and in that old language. And so it still comes to mind. And, that, and that's cool for, for those of you, no matter what, um, what kind of... Uh, uh, kind of background you have and what version you've read. That's not really the point, but the point is that it can sink into your heart. But today I want us to hear it in kind of a fresh way. I was just talking, I got to do coffee with Pastor Jason from Corbett and catch up with him this week, and he was talking about preaching on a passage that everyone seems to know, and how halfway through people can be like, you kind of lost me there, because I already know the story. And it's a temptation, I think, for a believer, for someone who's familiar with a story, it's not like a rerun, you, you understand that, but it can feel like it at first. But I want you to see that this isn't a rerun. 
This isn't, and, and maybe you're hearing it for the first time, that would be awesome for you to take this, but not just to memorize it, but to understand what's the point in this. It's not an incantation, it's not something magical, it's something much different that Jesus is giving us here. And, uh, and so we're going to look at this prayer today. Uh, Steve Maraboli said that once your mindset changes, everything on the outside will change along with it. And so hopefully from the inside out, we can change to our, our kind of mindset and our heart kind of where we're coming from today. Uh, so for the last six months or so, as I've been preparing more messages and getting used to that, and I've, I've tipped the point of now this, this calendar year, I've, I've now preached more often than I haven't, and so I'm trying to create new ways to, to kind of look at the same old thing or, or something fresh and, and figure out how do I learn about it to then communicate to you. And so one of the ways that I do this, for years I would just buy a moleskin note, notebook um, and, and I would just make notes and, and scratch it up. But I found a slightly cleaner way to do it. It's not perfect, but I have kind of a digital moleskin now. And so I use the Apple Pencil and I write it out. And I'd like to show you this week um, what I kind of come up with this week to try to clarify so we can see this in, in a new way. And so you're going to see this on the screen and it'll be full screen at home. But I simply started with these two lines, and so as we begin with what we wrote in the first half of the prayer, I was just making this observation that it really begins with, may your name, may your kingdom, may your will. And do you notice that? And so once you're praying, our Father, may your name, may your kingdom, may your will. So this top half is really all about Him, and so it's about His glory, and it's really about heaven. But what I noticed, too, is that the, the second half or so of this then moves on to being, give us, forgive us, rescue us. It, it's all of a sudden about earth and pertaining to us and pertaining to the grace that we need from him. And so other people have found all different sorts of ways to, to notice this. But have you ever noticed that, that prayer is, is kind of like heaven and earth colliding? Have you ever felt that way? Have you ever pictured it that way that as you're praying, it's almost as though heaven has impacted and invaded in the way that Kenzie was praying earlier. It's almost like heaven is invading earth in our prayers. And so the point of this, it, it might seem really simple, but maybe the lines start to blur a little bit as we're understanding that he is in complete control. He is so holy. He doesn't need us to say that he's holy. And when we say, hallowed be thy name, it already is. We're just letting ourselves know and letting him know in praise that he is so amazing. And he is in complete control. He is on the throne and he is in heaven. But as we're praying and we're here on earth, we're recognizing that when we want to pray on earth as it is in heaven, we can be the conduit for that. It can actually start to happen in our prayers. And so heaven meets earth in this prayer or in prayer in general. And so as we're praying for our city, as I've been asking us to all consider personalizing the prayer, that not just on earth as it is in heaven, and that's correct, and that's the way the Lord instructed us, but personalizing it in my heart as it is in heaven, and that'll mess you up. In my home, may that be so. How many of us need our homes to be a little bit more like heaven? In our church, praying real for, for this, this church where we might feel the presence of heaven while we're here, but, but we know that we need its grace. We need it to be like heaven in here, in our community, in our city, as it is in heaven. And so as we personalize this, I just want you to notice how it's all about him, but then we have the right to come before him and ask heaven to invade 
earth. Isn't that good? And so as I was kind of scribbling around that, you, you also probably are familiar and, and even the songs about it, it, it finishes up not in the oldest and, and the best manuscripts, but in some we're accustomed to finishing with, for yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. Do you say amen or amen or there's different ways to say it. I'm not going to judge as long as you do it. Pray, please. Uh, Ken Hurst said that our daily prayer should include inviting God to set up his rule in our lives and in our world. And that's what we're praying together, that he would set up his rule in our lives. So that's our heart. That's our homes. That's where we encounter. And in our world, which expands to those 8 billion people. Isn't this good? I want to talk about discipleship a little bit in this, in this light because if we're really going to pray and personalize it, yes, not just generally on earth as it is in heaven, but in my heart, in my life, in my actions, in my thoughts, in everything, then it starts to become personal and it gets into discipleship. And we've been talking about this so much. But I love this, and I, I love to hear people's origin stories. Do you love interviews? Do you, do you listen? I, I think it's so cool that we have the opportunity, whether it's on, on CBC, sometimes on, on the radio, or, or it's a podcast, or maybe there's a video, there's content. I love hearing how people who did something, like where did they start? How did they get there? And so the, the, there's one person, and it's more about the story than it is about their content, just disclaimer. Uh, but, but someone that I, I've recognized for, for a number of years is uh, Conan O'Brien. Conan, you can tell that we probably have similar descendants. Uh, uh, anyway, the, the point is, um, where we're coming from is, he went to Harvard, and his dad's actually a professor there as well. But back in the 80s, he went, and he was a part of this thing called the Harvard Lampoon. If you don't know about it, it's kind of like a comedic writing that, that people do uh, there, and it's been going on for probably over 100 years. But he got the opportunity to have Canadian John Candy. This is way back in the day, you know, uh, planes, trains, and automobiles, you know, all, all the old uh, shows, SCTV and stuff like that. He looked up to this John Candy, and he had him come on campus, and they were all around Cambridge, and they were uh, talking together, and eventually, Conan, he, he still didn't feel comfortable enough to, to call him John, so he's like, oh, Mr. Candy, he's like, call me John, you know, and, and John Candy was larger than life, but, but what he said was, he's like, Mr. Candy, I, I'm thinking about trying comedy, and when he said that, John's kind of head turned towards Conan and said, no, 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 you don't try comedy, you do it or you don't do it, there, there's no try in that. You don't try comedy. And so Conan, in that moment, he was kind of illuminated to the fact that, like, here he is at, at this Ivy League school. It's prestigious. He's, he's sort of doing it. But instead of having a backup plan where he was going to take, study a test to become a lawyer or something else, and, and he, he would have got any job he wanted probably coming out of Harvard, he decided, no, I need to do this. I need to try this. And I can't have a backup plan. And it's the same with discipleship. There's, there's no backup plan. You've got to count the cost, but then you've got to do it. You don't just try discipleship. You don't just try to follow Jesus. You do it or you don't. However, we need the grace to do it, don't we? And so that's where the rubber meets the road is that when we're praying the prayer that I just showed you on the screen, the, the, the trick is, is that as we're looking at, at him and how good he is, we're realizing that, no, we need prayer. As we're praying that, he's in complete control, but he needs to have rule in our heart. And so it's complete surrender that he's looking for. And so the process of discipleship that we've looked at, 
We want to give so much grace to someone who's coming to see, and there's people that are. Isn't that good news? And so as someone would come and see in the same way that Jesus said to Andrew, and then eventually Andrew invited his brother, but then there was this opportunity where everything changed. It doesn't stop in chair number two that we've been talking about, but when Jesus says, and you sense that he's saying to you, follow me and be my disciple, that's not the end. That's only the beginning. And so the next step, if you hadn't been baptized, would be to get baptized. There's so many next steps. But really, it's not to end there. It's that he's asking, in the same way that he asked Simon Peter, he's like, you're already a fisherman. Well, come and follow me, and I'll show you how to fish for people. He's trying to make it practical, letting you use your hands for his kingdom and not your own. But it's not to end there. It's that not only would you become a fisher of of people in, in that kind of perspective, but that you would be a disciple maker, someone who's helping someone else to come and see and then follow Jesus and start to fish for people. And then you would be bearing much and lasting fruit, not just much fruit, but lasting fruit. Thankfully, as we've noticed, this church alone has been around for about 128 years and a half or so. Well, wouldn't it be great, uh, provided that, that Christ's return is, is delayed, that in, in another 128 years, people can see the lasting fruit of something that we've been a part of. That's kind of the point of discipleship. You don't try it, you do it or you don't. I'm inviting you in to do it. Let's do this together. There's a, a kind of a, a, a trick here. There's something that turns in, in this prayer from being all about him and then to us. But notice that everything is still dependent on him except for one thing. And I, I bet that you thought that there might have been a catch to this because I told you to be open. And so for those of you that are open, thank you, but sorry. Uh, so you'll have to ask me for forgiveness. Uh, I'll have to ask you for forgiveness uh, later. But the, the trick with this is that in kind of the end of the prayer, just before praying, um, you know, don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. Did you notice that in the same sentence that, that Jesus teaches us to pray, give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins, that there's not a period there, there's a comma, and then it says, as we have forgiven those who sin against us. And so if we're going to pray for heaven to meet earth in our prayer, that might just mess us up. I went a little bit ahead into chapter 18 of, of Matthew, where Simon Peter, he actually asked the Lord, how often should I forgive someone who sins against me? Seven times? That's like enough for one a week. And, and what did Jesus do? Partially for, for um, kind of illustration, but often there's hyperbole in here. And he says, no, not seven times, but 70 times seven. And he's trying to make it extreme, like it's much more than you think. And he goes on to tell this story of, of this ruler who he's, he's bringing all his accounts up to date. And he goes to this one person and finds out, we don't know how he would have accumulated this kind of debt, but he did. It's outrageous. And he found out that this one, in, in my translation, it says he owed him millions, which might not sound like that much, but there's an asterisk there. And what I love about this, the Greek talent was the highest denomination of a currency. And so in this, it was 10,000 talents, or in metric tons, that would be about 340 metric tons of silver. And so in this, in this, right, this guy, he couldn't have paid it back. 
And the man went and pleaded and, and just said, you know, give me time and I'll pay it back. Even though he probably couldn't, he went humbly. He was bowing before this person. And, and then the person decided to release him. It says, then the master was filled with pity for him and released him and forgave him his debt. And that would have been a really nice story. However, the man turned around and found out that someone had a little bit owing of, of him about a hundred um, about 100 uh, denarii, which is like 100 days worth of work. And so think about like a, a quarter of a salary or something. A lot, but enough that over time someone could pay it back. This guy wanted it back that second. And instead of remembering that he had just received a ton of grace and, and forgiveness and had been released of this debt that was worth millions and millions, and someone calculated if he was a day laborer, it would have taken him like a hundred and, and, and some thousand years working every day with no break to pay it back. And even then, that's not accounting for, for, for anything that he would have had to purchase on his own. And so the, the point Jesus is trying to make here is that it would have taken him lifetimes to pay it back. But here it is, this man who, who owes about 100. So, so we're dealing with like metric tons and then like a handful, kind of, if, if you see what's going on. But he, he wasn't, wasn't having it. Even though the, this man pleaded uh, to him, you know, please, I'll, I'll pay back whatever it takes. He actually bound him up. And, and what, what I noticed in this is that, you know, this, this man, he started out pleading for heaven, but then he gave this man hell. And, and how often is, is that, unfortunately, uh, what happens? We can pray, um, may your will, will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And then as we're finishing our prayer, we forget all about that we're praying for heaven to even come through us. We're, we're, we're actually asking God to just take care of that, but that we don't have to be any part in it. But unfortunately, in the Lord's Prayer, this unforgiving debtor comes to mind. And so we see what, uh, what the owner says when he finds out. He says this in Matthew 18, 32 and 33. He says, I forgave you that tremendous debt. And we now understand that tremendous debt. It would have taken lifetimes, plural. He, there was no way of him paying it back. There was just no way. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have mercy on your fellow servant just as I had mercy on you. And so as we pray the Lord's Prayer, that has to be part of it. And I don't know if you noticed, but earlier when, when this person that's, that's kind of reading that to this person, to this servant, um, did you notice that when, when this master, when he was filled with pity for him, he released him, he, he forgave him the debt? Well, the Greek word for forgive that's in this is, is really to let go of, to just let go of or to release. And, and that's so fitting. I pictured as I was listening last week to Pastor Tim talk about the things that often hold us back. How often is unforgiveness the thing that's holding us back? And some people talk about how it's almost as though you're giving someone else free rent in your heart and in your mind and, and it's, it consumes you. But what if we could let it go? Not the song. You're singing it. Sorry. That's going to be, it's, it's frozen time, isn't it? Uh, what if you could release that? What if you could release not only for yourself, but definitely for this other person? As we have been forgiven a tremendous debt, could we not then go and do that for someone else? John Stott said that once our eyes have been opened to the enormity of our own offense against God, the injuries which others have done to us appear 
by comparison, extremely trifling. I think that's so funny. It's so minimal, and Jesus is trying to say, yeah, no, not seven, but 70 times seven. And I think the math there is much, much bigger, but the math isn't the point. It's to show that, no, imagine coming in with 340 metric tons of silver compared to a few thousand dollars. There's no comparison. And so when, when someone comes uh, to us or when we uh, actually are humble enough to go to someone else to release them, uh, that, that should be a reminder of us that the Lord has already forgiven us a tremendous debt, and we just celebrated that together. And so as we're praying the Lord's Prayer, this should be on our mind that our part in it isn't just to recite it, isn't just to, to bring it to mind and to kneel and to bow, but in the same way that someone else might come to us to ask for our forgiveness, that we would take on the same character of Jesus. We would take on the same character of the master to say, I forgave you that tremendous debt. And what if we could put a period at the end of that sentence and say, and so go and do likewise, and we could just do that. Why? Because forgiven people forgive people. You've probably heard Pastor Tim say that before. It's worth the reminder that if we have been forgiven, we are forgiven people. We need to forgive people. And we cannot just accept God's forgiveness and then turn around and deny it to others. That's not the point either. If we're praying, would your will be done in my heart, in my home, in my church, in my city as it is in heaven, then it's going to require mercy. It's going to require compassion. That's been the whole point of the last several weeks. Uh, You know, just as we can't live without bread, I think sometimes uh, I didn't skip over it Um, because it isn't important, but the give us today the food we need, that's our our daily bread. Uh, There's many of us who probably haven't had to pray that and really hope that God comes through because he's already come through. But the original listeners, whether they were praying in the morning or evening, if it was in the morning, it would be for the bread for that day. But if it was in the evening, it would be like, and Lord, take care of me tomorrow too, because I'm going to need to eat again. Well, it's symbolic, right? And the same with the word that It's the bread of life, and really Jesus is the bread of life, that obviously we need it to live. We also need forgiveness to live. If there's no forgiveness, there's no life. And so as we're praying this together, yeah, we we can't just, just go without bread. Well, we can't just go without forgiveness. We need His grace to be forgiven and to forgive others. The team's going to come in a moment, but I, I want us to go back to this prayer And I want us to mean it, but I want us to see how much we need His grace to be able to take our part in it. It's a very small part in the whole prayer that involves our willingness, our humility, our forgiveness. Because it's implying here that that our forgiveness is contingent upon the way that we forgive others. But thankfully, just like the master in this story, we've already been forgiven a tremendous debt, and then we have the right to go. And someone else who, it's, it's, it's still not nothing, but to have the opportunity to release, to let go, how much healing could come if we were willing to do that as a person, as a church, as a community? What if we could live this way? And so as we're praying together, we're praying our Father in heaven, and He is in heaven May your name be kept holy. He's already holy, but we're recognizing how holy he is. May your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And we're saying that it, it, that's, that's in our everyday lives, in, in everything, in the place that we're sitting, in the place that we're driving, in the place that we're walking. And so when we pray for our community, that's how we're praying on earth as it is in heaven, on the street 
in the school, in the business, wherever we go, that we would be praying that heaven would invade earth even while we're praying. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we have forgiven those who sin against us. We've been forgiven a tremendous debt. And others, even though it might feel like it's tremendous, wouldn't it seem extremely trifling in John Stott's words? Wouldn't it seem like so insignificant that we could, no, we're going to let you go. We're going to release you from that. We're going to forgive you from that because we've learned it from our own Father. We've seen it in Jesus the Son. The Holy Spirit is then going to empower us to forgive those debts. And we recognize the debt that's already been forgiven us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen.